Um, hi everybody, I'm, I'm out here in the backyard and I uh, uh, just wanted to uh, share a little video with you today. Um, like, like you, uh, sort of got that feeling of here we go again. Um, it's been a long time since we were in uh, a level four lockdown, but here we are. Uh, confined to our homes and um, uh, the funny thing was like I uh, I recorded that video that I posted on the community notice board and the Hope Hope Tauranga Facebook page on Monday and um, uh, and so then after that you know taking my own advice I was getting myself ready and I went and bought the polish to polish my boat but then the lockdown happened very suddenly and I don't have the boat the boat is trapped with the guy who is doing the service on it. So I've got the polish and haven't got the boat. So you've got to be careful around here. You might get polished. Um, lockdowns bring various different levels of stress for different people. Um, you know, there can be uh, stress and tension in the household, frustration, business stress, uh, concern about what's happening, how long it's going to go for, all of that. Um, I, you know, I, I get that. Uh, to be honest with you, I think we're going to be here for a while. I suspect. I don't. I don't hope for that, but I. I suspect that we are going to be here for a while. Um, when things like this happen, a lot of people, uh, believers, uh, I think possibly even in particular, we tend to dive into conspiracy ideas. And I've heard a lot of people talking about how they think that the dates for these things are pre-planned. Honestly, I, I don't know too much about that. I don't think they are. Um, but I do think this, you know, you, you've heard the old saying, never let a crisis go to waste. And sometimes we can focus on the dark side of that, like what uh, people with a particular political agenda might be trying to use it for or this, that or the other thing. Uh, I don't want to think too much about that. I want to realize and focus on the fact that in God, never let a crisis go to waste. Because with him, nothing is ever wasted, including a crisis. He's always at work and he's always using all things for good in the lives of those who are called according to his purpose. So, so rather than focusing on what, what political agenda or is this, you know, the pathway to, to socialism or this, that or the other thing, uh, I'm not saying that none of that is happening. I, I'm sure that there are political agendas being pursued and, um, and the crisis can certainly help with that. But our focus should be on what is what is the Lord doing? And so I want to just share a, a few thoughts that might help us uh, navigate um, this journey. Maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few weeks. Either way, we want to navigate it well. And so what I, what I did is I actually wrote this message. I was supposed to be preaching at a church north of Auckland uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, I wrote a message that I got pretty excited about. And uh, and now, of course, I'm not going to that church. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to deconstruct it into a few uh, short pieces and kind of inflict it on you if you want to watch it day by day. Uh, so if you've got a Bible there or something, it's from Acts chapter 16. And it starts with um, with this passage, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by her fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. 
But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. When her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they'd laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks." You'd have to agree, this is a crazy story. So they'd just arrived in a place called Philippi, and they were being followed around by this demon-possessed slave girl shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. So this is really, this is, this is crazy. This demon-possessed girl was shouting the truth. What she was saying was true. That's exactly what Paul and Silas were doing. But discernment was required to know what was really going on. This girl was enslaved both externally, you know, she was a slave, and internally. And so Paul casts out the demons and her masters, her slave owners, realize their hope of great profit is gone. So, uh, so Paul sets her free from her internal enslavement, however that had come about. And then for their act of kindness and liberation, the crowd is turned against them and they wind up being beaten and imprisoned. So a quick review of what we've just read. A demon-possessed slave girl is shouting the truth. Paul discerns the demonic component to what's happening. A demonstration of authority ensues to cast out the demons and set this prisoner girl free. And then a deeply unjust beating with rods and imprisonment in the innermost part of the prison. All right, so that's what's happened. Crazy story. What happens next? Hope you're still doing all right. This is not very long. Hang in there. Acts 16.25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposed the prisoners had fled, drew a sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and they brought them out and said, sirs, what must we do to be saved? So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. So. These verses, God was, I just felt like I was having so much fun with these the other day. And so as I share a little bit with you today and then another installment or whatever you want to call it tomorrow, and we'll see how many there are. I've got two, two expectations. I, I think that there are great insights here for us as believers living in these days of increasing pressure and turbulence and public opinion being turned against the gospel, against the church, etc. And secondly, that the dunamis power 
rests on the declaration of his word. Not, not my opinions, not your opinions, not anyone's opinions. The dunamis power rests on the declaration of his word. So what I want to focus on for these next couple of minutes, what was Paul and Silas's response to everything that had happened? This act of kindness that led to them being dragged before the magistrates and then the crowd being, you know, whipped up against them and they wind up getting beaten and imprisoned. Their response was this, they worshipped. So at midnight, at the darkness of midnight, imagine the dark, smelly, oppressive place they found themselves and imagine what that prison was like. This was not a house of worship. This was a place of torment, of lamenting, of groaning, of shouts, complaints, obscenity. And Paul and Silas are there and, and they've been beaten with rods and they're in this place that would have been dark and oppressive and awful. And yet on this occasion at midnight, that prison was filled with worship. There were no lights. There was no smoke machine. There was no big band. There was just darkness oppression, probably a stench, and worship. Now, we've talked about this before, and I know, uh, I know many of you, you know, you, you, you share a desire for, um, or like I share this too, a desire for church, for worship, for, for the Christian, the expression of the Christian faith to be simple. I think one of the more dangerous trends in our day is that worship has become a show. It's become an event. And in doing that, we run the risk of becoming dangerously relevant to worldly values that our faith has increasingly less and less in common with. And we run the risk of becoming dangerously irrelevant to the heavenly value system that we're here to live by. John said that uh, Jesus said this. John recorded it in John chapter four. This is this is Jesus. He said this to the woman at the well, verse twenty three. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. There are a number of ways that we can react. To what's going on right now. We can react with suspicion, we can react with accusation, we can react with frustration, we can react with fear, all of that, multiple different ways we can react. But I believe that the Lord is encouraging us, challenging us, calling us to react with worship. Maybe you're enjoying the lockdown, worship God. Maybe you feel stressed by it, worship God. Maybe you feel oppressed, maybe you're in a dark place. I want to encourage you, Put your headphones on, turn on your stereo, fill your house, fill your mind, fill your place with worship. Uh, I sat in the early hours in the front room of our house this morning with my headphones on and I had I just had worship music playing and I was going, you know what, I'm a bit frustrated about this. I There are some parts of it I don't like, but I'm going to worship in the darkness. And uh, and I think that you'll, you'll see the ongoing effects that that had in Acts chapter 16 that I think set a precedent for what we should anticipate might happen uh, as we, the people of God, instead of complaining, accusing, etc., if we will worship in the darkness. So there's a couple of thoughts for you today. 
God bless you. God bless your household. God bless if you've got children in your household. Uh, I hope that you're managing to get out and walk around in the sun and enjoy uh, your neighborhood. And, uh, and I pray also that you'll be having peace. And I also hope and trust that uh, uh, my goal today is to encourage you and maybe let's uh, encourage one another. Get on the phone to someone else and encourage them in their walk with the Lord today. So anyway, God bless you. Yeah, probably all things being equal, you'll see me pop up here again tomorrow. See you later.